Hello and welcome to a couple of goons. I am Walt Hickey, and joining me as always is Neil Payne. Neil, how hey, you Walt. doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm yeah. We you know we had a little bit of a protocol situation recently, but um, yeah, you were in the health and safety protocols, and I was uh, on long-term injured reserve. Yeah, we were all just um we, we you know it's it's a it's a much as as a sport breaks you down bit by bit year by year and, and renders you uh you know a shell of the person that you used to be. So too does life. Um and um but nevertheless uh yeah no we're all good. Well, um, podcasting but- about hockey is roughly as dangerous as playing hockey that's just a well-known fact roughly as dangerous (laughs) roughly are you kidding it's exactly as dangerous yeah exactly Exactly. precisely as dangerous precisely yeah Um, so that's why i'm wearing a helmet right now no one can see me but i'm in full pads people i know i know that obviously maybe this isn't the exact medium for this but yeah you are wearing a helmet but also like the new style helmet that has all the extra safety protocols in it not the uh, not like a leather helmet. <laughs> I'm not wearing the Gretzky style Jofa a bucket, which you can find. You know, actually, if you go to the um, the obviously, if you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, you can find it. But also, if you go to the NHL store on the west side of Manhattan, uh, and they they did just move it uh, uh, further west, <laughs> that uh, you if you go there, you can also see. I don't know if it's Gretzky's helmet, but it's like that style of helmet on display uh, and. Man, I got to say, up close, that thing looks even flimsier than I knew it to be as a child watching these guys. And it wasn't just Gretzky. A number of guys had that helmet. But man, when you look at it, you're like, how is this supposed to protect anyone's gourd from being uh, obliterated? And here's the thing. It wasn't. Um, but no, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm acting like that was the point. It uh, didn't do fact, that. No one cared yes. back then. There were I mean, they would scoff at you for even wearing that. Who is they? <laughs> Every Canadian player? Get well, out of here, you hoser. What are you worried about? Long-term brain damage? That Canadian scoffery has been the result of many issues, but nevertheless. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, so we're back in action. Again, you know, having a nice little fun little season here. You know, picking it up back towards the end. There was a big event last week that I know that we're going to spend a good bit of time on. Um, some sort of deadline regarding trades. And I think that, does that mean that it was, you know, the trade deadline was last week? Uh, I think, I think it was two Mondays ago. Two Mondays Uh, ago. But see, time is distorted because we skipped a week of, of recording, uh, from our totally not disclosed and also totally not uh, hard and fast rule of biweekly recording, uh, for the rest of the regular season. Exactly. Uh, But, uh, so it could have been last week, could have been two weeks ago. Either way, it was a uh, deadline for trades to be submitted, and uh, there were a number of trades, uh, some that were sort of could be impactful looking forward. There was also one well, that hope. one would hope, you know, I mean, we're not just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic here, uh, <laughs> but also there was one, you'll like this, there was one that uh, was believed to be official, and the player, I don't know if he like packed his bags uh, and like, left for the other city he may have uh but he was basically all but ready to to go and then there came a announcement at first where they were like the agent and the players association have filed this grievance and they're looking into this as to whether this trade is official truly or not uh and it turned out that so players can submit like lists of teams they don't want to get traded to uh, as part of like a contract type of thing, like a new trade. That's fun. Yeah. I would like like to see those lists. (laughs) Yeah. And so this guy, Evgeny Dodonov of the, uh, he thought formerly of the Vegas Golden Knights, what uh, he had submitted when he signed a contract with, I want to say Ottawa, like two years ago, he had submitted this list of 10 teams that he did not want to be traded to. Obviously, Vegas was not on that list because he eventually went to Vegas. However, Anaheim was on that list and Vegas thought they had swung this deal where they had traded him to Anaheim for uh, like a defenseman that was kind of a marginal guy. And then also the the contract of Ryan Kessler, who hasn't played in three years. Uh, Basically, it's like a salary dump type of move. And everything had kind of gone through except the... um, the 
it turned out that as part of his 10 team list that he had submitted when he had originally signed that contract, Anaheim was on there. Vegas didn't know about that and neither did the league. And they tried to say, well, he didn't submit it you know, properly or didn't submit it uh, by a certain deadline that you have to submit it. And so everything was kind of in limbo. And then they had to walk back the trade because it turns out that it was above board. It was legit. And he did have that no trade clause to Anaheim. And they asked him to waive it. And he said, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> And so he had to go back to Vegas and there was a tweet where they were, uh, Vegas was like, we're welcoming back Evgeny Dadanov. And it oh, was yes. like this so awkward, like, uh, yeah, clearly you guys didn't want him. And also even more awkward for Vegas, uh, who's a team that we can talk about even more in a second, but they, uh, you know, as part of the, um, the salary cap, all of the whole like long-term injured reserve shenanigan type of things that we talked about with the lightning last year. Um, You, you do need to be able to like clear a certain amount of cap to be able to activate players off of that during the regular season. And Vegas had a few players who were like not inconsequential players on long-term injured reserve. So their plan was to dump Dodonov and then, you know, use that, like bury those salaries of the guys that they got and then use that cap space to call up the guys off injured reserve so they could like, you know, like have a team uh, going forward. But when the trade got revoked, they were like, kind of screwed like they they sent another guy to the injured reserve so then they could clear up space to pull off one of the dudes but they're gonna have to do some interesting cap gymnastics over the rest of the season and then also hope they make the playoffs because we should say for the record that vegas might not make the playoffs for the first time in their entire history right I now to ask about this yeah those, they're the numbers are cuspy yeah, right now our our model has them at 47% to make the playoffs and they're just sort of hovering right around that last playoff spot. I think they're one point behind Dallas uh, for the last wildcard spot. And so it's like a pretty precarious situation. And this really shows you the pitfalls of the Tampa Bay style. Like, uh, who cares? Let's just stash s- some guys on long-term injured reserve. We'll get them back for the playoffs when there is no salary cap in effect. It's like, yeah, but remember guys, in order to like have that payoff, you do have to make the playoffs. Yes. And then once you're in the playoffs, you can use that to your advantage like Tampa did. But if you don't make the playoffs, it really would have been useful to have those guys, uh, you know, playing for you and and helping you win games. So that this was the, the whole funniest thing. Dodonov saga uh, and and just such an awkward thing. But then he after he came back, I think he's actually uh, scored some goals. You know, p- put up some points. I think he had a game winning goal in overtime in one of the games. So it's like, you know, maybe he's out to prove. Hey, yeah. you guys should have kept me. I'm actually good. Or maybe he's out to prove. You know, for his next you know, auditioning for his next contract or whatever. But that was the sort of funniest or most kind of ridiculous thing on the trade deadline. Uh, you know, there were another, uh, a number of other big names that got moved like Mark Andre Fleury. Yes, uh, I saw who, that. Yeah. Who was on Vegas, ironically enough, um, uh, last year and, and previous years, he was on Chicago, went to Minnesota, Minnesota trying to kind of plug up their goaltending issues, their defensive issues that they've had uh, this year. Claude Giroux, who recently, I think, played his thousandth game or something like that with the with the Flyers. Uh, he went to Florida. Florida now has this even more ridiculous, outlandish offensive death star that they've sort of built uh, with all these uh, skilled players. Uh, Tampa Bay went out and got a guy, Brandon Hagel from Chicago, who's actually pretty young to, for Chicago to have kind of, uh, you know, moved on from. Uh, and Patrick Kane of the Blackhawks was not happy about this this move. Um, uh, but but that could be a big pickup for Tampa going forward. Boston got Hampus Lindholm. You love a guy named Hampus. I mean, first of all, that's a great name. That's great. What is that? Is that, is that finish or what are we talking here? 
I think he's Finnish or Swedish, something something like that. One of those uh, Scandinavian countries. If only I could look up hockey reference. If only there right was some sort of professional hockey reference. If only, yes. But, you know, we can't do that on this podcast. That nope. would exceed the level of professionalism that we're aiming for here. We are Mark aiming G- for unprofessional. Unprofessional, <laughs> yeah. I also have to say Mark Giordano was one of a couple players from uh, Seattle that got traded. He was uh, the, the veteran former captain of the uh, Calgary flames that they picked in the expansion draft which maybe their expansion draft could have gone better although he was one of their their better picks that they uh, that they got um and so you know they did uh, kind of an interesting interesting thing where it's like you pick a guy who has a lot of veteran leadership and can still play and just sort of see how it goes yeah. maybe if you had uh aspirations to be the next Vegas like maybe we thought that Seattle would be I think they probably thought they could be a little closer to that uh then you hold on to him for the entire year but now that things have gone pretty far south for Seattle you Mm -hmm. trade him off get some assets and and kind of move on and they did that a few times with with some of the players that they had picked up to you know, hope that they had built a good team in year one, but give them the flexibility to kind of um, change course as need be. So I'm excited to see how all these moves work out. You know, I think sometimes we overrate the trade deadline. It's a lot more cases of like Colorado picks up, you know, a depth forward that gives them toughness and maybe that'll be worth something in the playoffs rather than like hey we went out and got a guy who will be like the total difference maker and completely you know change the course of of a team season but still uh you know it's it's fun to have that like mad frenzy of of deals uh at the last second to try to put teams over the top and i think we said it last time we recorded there's a lot of really good teams this year like an abnormal number of teams that could and should be in the stanley cup conversation and i think most of those teams got better ironically maybe the team uh, you know one of the teams that didn't was again the the golden knights who would have loved to reload uh make a better push for the playoffs down the stretch or something like that and they were just so hamstrung by the cap and then they thought they had worked out this amazing sort of cap uh you know, magicianship the, uh, with with this one deal, and then the league kind of pulled it back on them. Yeah, and they it's had tough. To it's tough like to JK. pull off a magic trick at the cap deadline when the rabbit doesn't want to come out of the hat. Like, yeah, the rabbit. Well, the league, <laughs> the the rabbit had submitted a list beforehand of of magicians of styles that of it, hats that it <laughs> yeah, refuses right. to emerge yeah. from. <laughs> I don't want to be pulled out of a derby. Absolutely, and I'm not no going to be pulled out of a fedora. Yeah, not at all. Maybe, maybe you could pull him out of that old Wayne Gretzky helmet. Maybe that, maybe like a Sherlock Holmes thing. Definitely not one of the current helmets. um, (laughs) That's funny. Um, So yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's been, we, we, you know, trade deadlines are cool because also you can kind of see which teams are actually weighing, making a go of it rather than like, you know, because it's a chance to kind of, you know, potentially sell short-term value and then reap long-term value, right? And so you can have a sense of which teams are in it and which teams are out of it. Which, on that note, we do have a team that's out of it. And I would like to <laughs> uh, talk about their experience and their year and um, and salute the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, they are. I think they were the first team eliminated. They are the uh, first think, team eliminated, yes. I think actually the Flyers, which is pretty funny too, and the Coyotes, <laughs> which is like not surprising at all for a team that will be playing the next few years in an arena that uh, has basically a high school capacity. But that's another story for another day. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the Canadiens, who came within three wins of hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup last year, <laughs> year last summer we talked about it we were marveling at like how are they doing this why are they doing this this is miracles it was great like yeah we did i mean we really got excited about it they beat vegas again like back when that was a benchmark again that's a little bit of a cheap shot they they could make the playoffs (laughs) it's it's 50 50 right now but anyway yeah uh montreal coming off that just incredible run yes People, you know, sober minded, statistically inclined, uh, you know, wet blankets such as ourselves might have said, wait, who's sure. sober? Yeah, okay. Yes. I, I should not have uh, said that. <laughs> but we are wet blankets. Yes. Uh, 
the, the liquid might be alcohol. Uh, <laughs> it might be vodka. Uh, but anyway, yes. So, uh, you know, we did point out during that run that I think they would have needed to win the cup in like a sweep or in five games just to have a better than 500 record for the whole season. It Remember that be, was a thing last year? Yeah. So, you know, it's not like they were um, falling from being like this, you know, totally dominant powerhouse in the league. But there's something to be said for a team that had a lot of young talent going to the Stanley Cup final. Seemed like maybe they could build on that success uh, looking forward. But instead, they have completely collapsed. And it's been shocking, frankly, to see they have the worst goal differential in the league, they've been outscored by 1.2 goals per game, uh, which is a lot. Anytime you're getting a- outscored by more than one goal, like every on average, every time that you play, could be better, could be could doing be better. better. Room for improvement. Uh, and remember, we talked about when we went over our um, our like history of hockey. Uh, you know, some of those episodes that we did, we made the comparison that the Canadians are basically the New York Yankees of hockey. They're the team that has won the most cups. They, you know, flaunt that. They've got all the banners hanging in the rafters. And so, honestly, you have to go back a very long time to find a season worse than this for Canadians. How far uh, back need we go? Well, the last time that they were outscored by this much per game was 1940 uh, when they what? were outscored by 1.6 goals per game. Uh, they went 10, 33 and five because ties were a thing and they got outscored 167 to 90 in a 48 game season uh, that year. They were, co- uh, they were coached by someone named Pitt Le Pen, who <laughs> that was his only season at, uh, at the helm of the Canadians. Uh, and then a guy named Dick Irvin took over the next year and they proceeded to win, uh, you know, three cups under him and then a bunch of cu- more cups under his successor. So that was sort of like the, the, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? This was <laughs> the, the beginning of this sort of dominant run. I mean, they had been good during the 1920s, but they really hit their, their low point as they approached 1940 and then took off. After that, maybe we'll see that with with this. Certainly, they have changed coaches, and um, th- it seemed like they were going to be doing better with Martin Saint Louis than they had been doing with Dominique Ducharme, who was the coach that took over in the middle of last season, and they sort of responded to that, went yeah, on yeah. that run uh, in the postseason. Uh, but yeah, everything has that could go wrong kind of has gone wrong for them. Um, and we'll see where they go from here. Like they do have some of the young guys that we were impressed by, uh, like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, uh, who was a guy that scored a bunch of goals in the playoffs. He's picked it up recently. Actually, he was doing, um, you know, quite poorly early on, but he's, he's been doing better. Um, and I think they have one of the youngest teams in the league. 11th youngest could be better actually honestly, could be, be, could be younger actually now yeah, could, given how bad they are um but yeah worst team in the league i think it's fair to say so far at least in that same conversation with uh you know the the coyotes of the world and that's not where we thought they would be uh going into the season so pour one out for uh les habitants uh and and just this kind of nightmare year that they've had it, yeah, it seems it's been rough. It was just it's always been surprising just to look at the standings and just be like, wait, wait, where are the oh no. <laughs> like uh-huh. Well, and it's funny because like, you know, they were the team that came closest in I wanna say a decade. Uh I think you had to go back to Vancouver in twenty eleven to find a Canadian team that went to the Stanley Cup final before last year. And now they are the furthest Canadian team from from ending the the drought for Canada. And, you know, you look at a team like the Calgary Flames and they're doing gangbusters. They're yeah. they're they're easily the most likely team. But also, you know, the Leafs exist. We have to acknowledge that they have a chance uh, to, uh, to it to is break in that. our contracts. We have to acknowledge we that. have to acknowledge it at least, you know, uh, it, it might happen. Um, but yeah, you look at those teams and uh, you sort of compare and contrast that with Montreal. And you're just like, how did a team that came so close finish so far away? 
less than a year later. Really, a lot less than a year later because the finals were pushed back past well past their usual time on the calendar last summer. Yeah. No, it's a very quick. It's a very quick uh, falling apart. <laughs> um, the so now that we are kind of like. Just for perspective, we're like, what, a month away from playoff hockey? Is that right? Uh, the playoffs start a little bit later this year than okay. usual. So uh, the first day of the playoffs, let's see if I can actually find when that is. I should know this, uh, but I don't know that uh, this year. Um, but I do know that it's less. It's it's like later than the NBA, which is usually not the case. It's usually yeah. the playoffs start before. So the end of the regular season is April 29th, uh, so a month from yesterday, and then the playoffs start on May 2nd. So we're a little over a month away from from playoff hockey. Uh, so, you know, there's still some things that can happen, but also if you look at the, the playoff odds, there's a whole lot of like greater than 99% to make the playoffs. Um, really, like we talked about the Golden Knights, that's really the only team with a playoff probability between – 15% and 75%. Like they are that true coin flip, but they're really the only coin flip that there is because if you go up from them, you get to the LA Kings. We are a great success story, you know, surprising uh, success story. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers maybe a little disappointing, uh, you know, given the talent they have. And then the Dallas Stars, another kind of success story at 82%. Um, and then you have the Canucks and the Jets, two Canadian teams that, probably had aspirations to to make the playoffs and they're hanging on for dear life even more than than the golden knights are now i actually i just want to actually stop you real quick here because we got a lot of email last week and for all <laughs> oh, of sure our fans overflowing, who are right? overflowing who are still <laughs> going to www.github.com slash neilpain 538.com you can't do which that which redirects to https colon slash slash github.com slash neilpain 538 <laughs> i know that this has just been beaten as your brains that this is the, the official home of of a couple of goon stats just so you like just a reminder we announced last week the, we're in the big leagues now. The the, yes. the you know the, the Walt Disney Company and its infinite wisdom decided to allocate a certain amount of money towards hockey, and therefore <laughs> five thirty eight now cares about hockey. And you can now find the model at projects dot five thirty eight dot com slash nhl something or another. Um, yeah, twenty twenty two nhl predictions. Or uh, now you can just start googling five thirty eight nhl nhl predictions, and you won't find a page that is just you know. Bob Iger giggling at your at your sanity. <laughs> um, instead, you will find a page that has genuine bona fide NHL yes. predictions. Yeah, we've 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 hit the big time. We've gone we've gone pro. We were in the major junior leagues last year, and then we were selected uh, with the with the first overall pick by the Arizona Coyotes. So you know, yep. there's actually you know what I'm going to I'm going to into Google domains right now, and I'm going to change the forward. So yeah, that, yeah, change the redirect. So that github.com slash neilpain538.com now redirects to the 538 NHL predictions. This will start saving everybody a lot more time. Oh, so much. Yeah, especially since I know so many people bookmarked that uh, last year. You know, so everybody bookmarked it. It was, yeah, it has it was incredibly to popular. So, okay, so cool. Now, officially, by the time that you read this, it will be redirecting to the now correct official location. Sorry, we just Thank had to God. get that bit of housekeeping out. Inbox has been exploding with this information. Yeah. Um, so I mean, those were the two biggest, uh, you know, there were two big orders of business. Yes. One was figuring out Evgeny Dodonov's no trade list and yes. whether it was official and then uh, clearing up that URL situation. Those the URL situation has just been, it's been the plague of my, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but Going back to it, we wanted to talk about, and this will probably involve kind of going through this page, um, what what the playoff situation is looking like, who's doing well. And you're right. It's a lot of 99s. And, uh, and Which then, is you know, honestly, it's probably just in honor of Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Oh, I'm it, sorry. Brent Gretzky's brother. Sorry. I was wondering who you were referring yeah, to. I was just no, like, that's not Brent important. Gretzky's yeah. number. No, I know. Because he was, what, what 97, something like that? 89 we all obviously know in our hearts the number every team did retire that number so i just don't even know what it is because no one wears it (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly um so um do you want to kind of go division by division and kind of suss out the uh the current state of play or or do you want to pick one or two and just kind of which one's drawing your attention now 
We can do the yeah. competitive ones or we can do the non-competitive ones. Your call. Well, yeah. I mean, the four playoff teams uh, from the... Uh, so, first of all, we should establish that the divisions have changed a little since last year. It's not I was going to ask about this. The COVID-era divisions, they actually can play games across division. That's useful. Yes. Uh, so, you know, three teams, the top three teams from uh, each division make the playoffs and then there's two wildcard teams now it's worked out in in the particular case of the eastern conference that that's basically like it's basically the top four in both of the divisions are going to make the playoffs and Mm -hmm. there's a huge separation to the other teams in the division uh so having said that you know the panthers are likely to to win the atlantic you know, you got the lightning in there, six points behind them, Maple Leafs and Bruins kind of coming up behind them. Uh, but man, the Panthers look good. And and that is a team that I think we were kind of on. Uh, I love Southern hockey teams anyway. So uh, it's, it's just exciting to see whenever these, uh, you know, non-traditional markets do well. But man, this Florida team can score. And I would say they're the best offense in the league. And they really just, it's a question of whether their defense and, and goaltending is good enough to kind of carry them. They're a very offensively slanted team uh, going forward. And that's kind of in contrast to a team like the Lightning, a much more balanced team. Uh, you look at them and you think they're the def- two-time defending champs. You, you have to, you know, give them the the benefit of the doubt until someone beats them. Um, but And last year they handled the Panthers fairly easily in the playoffs uh, after we we're kind of expecting the, it to be a tougher fight. So I'm excited to see the rematch of that if it does happen uh, and, you know, see what can happen there. And yeah, the, the Leafs are also a team that's like pretty offensively slanted. They're almost like the junior version of the Panthers. I know that's a little insulting to say, but like a lot of offensive talent, maybe not the best goaltending situation, uh, maybe not the best defense, uh, but you know, they, they have the firepower. We'll see again. One of the great what ifs of last season was like, what if they could have actually just put away the Canadians when they had the chance to do it? Yep. And we were just dying when we saw that. And we were like, surely they dying are not is definitely going. one word for to describe the emotion. Surely they are not going to 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 blow this. They will put this away. And then, of course, that didn't happen. So uh, we'll, we'll see how far they can go. Uh, and then Boston, you know, they're. I think sort of the opposite, true opposite of the uh, the Panthers, where they're a team that has been good defensively, which is sort of their always their um, reputation, but their scoring has been pretty mediocre. I don't think they even went out and got any notable scoring at the trade deadline. Like I said, they went out and they got Hampus Lindholm, who is kind of a puck moving defenseman somewhat, but he's really, uh, you know, kind of an all around defensive defenseman uh, as much as anything. So, you know, I'm curious to see whether they can actually score enough outside of their top line, which is always the question with them. Um, But those are going to be your four teams in the playoffs out of the Atlantic. And then in the metropolitan, the hurricanes, another uh, great Southern hockey success story that uh, I'm excited about seeing. And they're another really balanced team. I guess you'd say they're a little bit better defensively than they are offensively, but um, they're going to be a tough out for whoever they play the Rangers right in there. And that's a really interesting team. Uh, I am very happy to see this by the way. Yes. Well, you should be. I didn't go out of my way to like pick it. You might recall last year where I was like, listen, I have two possible teams to pick. One is the Islanders, which play on the island upon which I live, which hosts Queens. And one is the Rangers. And I was like, I'll pick the Rangers. And then it almost looked like the Islanders were going to win the Stanley Cup briefly. (laughs) And I was like, fuck. And uh, so I I, kind of deliberately did not pick um, like the Yankees of hockey is my thought. Um, but nevertheless, um, this is really cool. I have, I've been really enjoying this season in no small part because they have been really clicking, I think. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, compare that with the Islanders who have not been, and uh, your, your choice is looking a lot better now. Yeah. This I will season. say I got the Jersey of Alexis Lafreniere and he's been doing great. So, 
Yeah, he's been doing better recently. Yeah, you know, I think he shed the uh, the dreaded bust label uh, that the people were kind of like, Ooh, can we call him a bust yet? Um, I c- am concerned about their offense. I'm, I'm concerned about uh, their possession stats. They have, well, they've shown improvement. They were the second worst team by Corsi, which is the share of uh, uh, shots on goal that a team has, shot attempts that a team has during a game. Uh, Have we ever had like a full episode just talking about stats? Like hockey no, stats? we should do it. We've I'm talked not about sure it. If we, yeah, I'm not sure if we did like a full on Corsi Fest. We should do we Cor- Corsi Fest 22. Uh, Corsi Fest 22. Be a thing. Um, yes. But yeah, so uh, but they were second worst in this stat that is indicative of basically how well a team controls the flow of play you'd like to be higher in it like calgary is number one in it they're really good carolina's second in it. they're really good florida's third in it they're really good the rangers were second worst now they're third worst in it they're worse than montreal still in the stat which is kind of funny <laughs> uh but they are better than the red wings and who just allowed a, a team to drop 11 goals on them uh, over the weekend and and better than the Arizona Coyotes. So, you know, there's progress being made, but I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about how much how reliant they are on uh, the goalie Igor Shesterkin, who uh, is playing like arguably the MVP of the league. He's kind of carrying them on his back. But it's kind of a question of like, is that a good thing when you're so reliant on a goalie? Because as we've established many times before, like having a really great goalie is good. Obviously, that's very, it's highly regarded. (laughs) Shocking, shocking to hear. But predicting who will be a really good goalie, like will they play really well in the playoffs or in your next like week of games, not so easy and, and uh, not so, you know, predictable based on who's been good in the past. So that is kind of my concern with them. Although Chris Kreider, great stat for him. You know, he's got 45 goals this season, which uh, is a tremendous year. He only has 19 assists, which is incredible. You know, there was, um, we, we used to have this stat, uh, Jeff Foster, uh, my old boss at, at 538, uh, yeah, he, he, he had this uh, term, the Cy Young, which is when a guy's like, uh, goals and assists look like the record of a pitcher that would win the Cy Young Award. So if a guy has like 30 goals and like seven assists, which would be horrifically imbalanced, that's like a Cy Young season. <laughs> well, Chris Kreider's 45 and 19, that's like an old Haas Radburn season almost. Like a 45 and 19 is like your old 1800s, <laughs> you know, old timey pitcher type of record. Also, this was true when I dug into it a month ago, whenever it was, but Kreider's goals have traveled the fewest average feet of distance of any player in the league to score, you know, 30 goals or whatever. That's a stat that exists. Yeah. You can look. Yeah. uh, I forget where I, I think I got it from evolving hockey, which is a good site that people should look up. um, Especially if they want to throw some Patreon dollars their way. But uh, they, they have, um, like play-by-play logs of every game. And so you can go in there and use the XY coordinates of where shots took place from and calculate. I did this for every player that scored at least 30 goals, calculated the distance of their, of each goal and then took the average. So, you know, Kreider's average was, it was like under 20 feet. I think it was like 15 feet or 12 feet. It was some like really uh, low, you know, amount of distance traveled. And then at the other end of the spectrum, Alex Ovechkin's average goal traveled like 65 feet or something like that. I was like, how is that possible that you could have, uh, you know, such a wide range? Like, where is he taking these shots from? But really 60 feet is like the top of the circle or, you know, kind of off to the side where he loves to park and kind of do that one timer uh, halfway up the boards. Whereas Kreider, you know, he's really fast. That's what's also kind of bizarre about it is like he doesn't have to score these kind of garbage goals or whatever. But I think it's like a lot of like either breakaways because of his speed or he's just like a kind of shovels the puck in off a rebound or something or tips it with his back to the goalie or something like that right in front of the net. And that's how, you know, these goals travel so, so few feet. But the Rangers are a fun team to watch, uh, you know, yeah. rooting for them to, to do something in the playoffs. We'll just see. I think there it's a it's a really tough 
draw for them. And I should mention the other the other Metro team before I get too uh, pulled off track, but the Penguins and Caps also basically assured of making the playoffs uh, in that. And that's going to create some really interesting matchups in there because right now, if things shake out the way that they're looking, you have the Rangers and Penguins playing in the first round. They just played a couple days ago and they've been, it's been a really kind of competitive, uh, you know, tough, hard fought, uh, regular season game. So I don't even know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, but that's kind of the matchup that you're looking at right now. If you're the Rangers, um, and the same goes for Tampa and Toronto, like those two and three ranked teams in each division, they're going to play each other in the first round and it's going to be brutal. I, I think, especially given how much of a season series there is between those teams. Um, and then we should say that the, the division winners will play one of those wildcard teams. And we know who those teams are probably going to be as well. So you got Florida most likely probably playing Washington. Uh, and then at the other end of the, the spectrum, Carolina, if they win that division, they would end up playing uh, Boston. And that's going to be also a really um, interesting series because I think Carolina has outscored Boston in the season series 16 to 1. <laughs> but but all those games were before the trade deadline. Maybe, you know, some of the changes that that took place uh, can can do that. But I think if you're Carolina, you know, there was talk about like, oh, well, would it be better for the Rangers or maybe Toronto if they like drop down into the wild card and then they could, you know, uh, they wouldn't have to play Tampa or, you know, maybe wouldn't have to play Pittsburgh. And it's like, yeah, you're still going to have to play Florida or Carolina. You know, the, it's not like it's easy. The, the East is just like a, you know, a gauntlet that you have to run this year uh, in, in the playoffs. A little bit less so in the in the West, where we do have a decent idea of the teams that are going to come out of the Central. The Avalanche, of course, arguably the best team in the league. Uh, they're going to win the Central going away. I think yeah, they I got a 14-point lead uh, over the Minnesota way. The like Just looking at the numbers that you have here, percentage-wise and probability-wise, like very much the lead contender to win uh, the Cup. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, in fact, they have double, in our model at least, double the Stanley Cup odds of any other team. So twice as much as Carolina, uh, you know, more than twice as much (laughs) as Florida. Uh, You know, I think it's justified just based on how great they have been not you know they had a great track record you've always liked this team you've always always liked this team for the past few years they haven't gotten it done in the playoffs but this year's team i think is the best that they've had in a long time maybe since like 2001 like maybe since that team that won the cup uh that year um but you know you just see like they they have a bunch of different ways that they can win they can win through offense they can win through grinding out games they came back against calgary in calgary last night and that was a really impressive i mean they just have this string of like super impressive wins and when they lose like they did to the minnesota wild um over the weekend it's on these you know kind of overtime games or these sort of one goal games that that you know happen even to really good teams um but they have Really, they're among this group of teams that have separated themselves in terms of record in games decided by three or more goals. Uh, I think they have the second best record of any team. Carolina actually has the best record of any team in those games. Those, to me, are the games that separate you know, yeah. the, the true contending teams because teams can get lucky in those one-goal games. But if you're consistently winning blowouts and not being blown out, and that's how the Avalanche have been winning. That tells me that that you're a really good team. Um, so I think they're de- deserving to be the top team. Maybe there's a question about Darcy Kemper and Net for them. Uh, you know whether he's a Stanley Cup caliber goalie. But I would again say let's have it be a mantra that like we don't know who a Stanley Cup caliber goalie yeah. is. <laughs> like we have no idea. You know, yeah. like uh, Carey Price did not have a good regular season and really seemed like he was not the goalie that he used to be. And then he carried the hurric I mean, the um, Canadians to the Stanley cup final last year. Like, we don't know. We, we have no idea. Obviously Andre Vasilevsky for Tampa is sort of like the, the 
default answer to best goalie in the world. And he's played like <laughs> it both in the regular season and the playoffs. But I think he's the exception that, that proves the overall rule that you don't, you can't really predict these things. Um, but yeah, otherwise in the central wild, are going to make the playoffs predators, most likely to make the playoffs blues, most likely to make the playoffs. Uh, and then over in the Pacific, you've got the flames it's choppy down there. The Pacific is, is kind of a weak division. It's, it it's looks, weird. It's, it's okay. Cause they were like v- fairly strong for the past several years. Like the golden Knights in particular, it seemed to have been really pushing them a lot, but like this, these are just, this is this is some weak sauce, it would appear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the Golden Knights having this down year, they led the NHL in goal differential last year. They were like the you know number one contender, or one A or one B, whatever kind of <laughs> classification you want to put on them. Um, and so to see them slip, that you know changes the dynamic of the division. And the Flames are legit, though. I think they are you know out of that division. They are the one team that you look at and you're like, this is a super well-rounded team, and they don't have obvious weaknesses. They're good on both offense and defense. They've gotten really good goaltending uh, from Jacob Markstrom so far. And they have a, they're like Colorado. They have a bunch of, and Florida to a certain extent, they have like a bunch of Fords that they can kind of throw at you that have good chemistry. They played together for a long time and, and they can score. So I like Calgary. I would love to see them make a run, uh, you know, and kind of bring, bring that Stanley Cup back to Canada. Uh, but the rest of the teams in the Pacific, Oilers probably going to make the playoffs. Kings probably going to make the playoffs. Interesting team that, that, you know, we thought maybe their best days had been behind them. Uh, and then like, we don't really know who's going to pick up that last wildcard spot in the, in the West Dallas stars have an 82% chance. They're in the central. They're sort of outside that top four in that division. But because again, it, the wild card doesn't depend on the division. It's just whoever is outside that top three that has the best record, you know, two top two teams that have the best record. Uh, you could see them and the Blues both make the playoffs out of the Central and just lock the Pacific completely out of the wild card. And that's kind of the dilemma that the Golden Knights are staring at is they really have to pick up their play. Another thing is they have three games. They've played three more games than either the Blues or the Stars. So the Blues and Stars have those games in hand and more points than the Golden Knights do. So, you know, the Golden Knights are really sort of behind the the eight ball Um so to speak, uh, in, in that, in that race. So, you know, again, there's a chance they could sneak in. They could also potentially conceivably come back on, uh, you know, the Kings or the Oilers. Oilers are closest in terms of points. They're only three points back the Oilers. So they could actually sort of catch one of those teams from behind as well. So they have paths to the playoffs, but, um, right now as it stands, they would be on the outside looking in. Uh, I wanted to ask actually, about, I wanted to ask about the Kings because I pulled up um, because again, this presentation of, you know, the Neil Payne GitHub um, is from so a long time ago or from a long time ago. Well, so I'm, but like you're able to kind of see what the going into the season, the probabilities were. And it seems like the Kings, you know, with their current 77% chance of making the playoffs, that's more than double um, you know, their in season, early season, 29% chance of making it. And so what, what's been happening there? That has been a bit of a surprise. Yeah. That they were a team that last year, they were frankly, not good. They got outscored <laughs> by almost Clean a half a goal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. They got outscored by a half a goal a game. They went 21 and 35. That's like really bad. Uh, and <laughs> this year they are actually above, uh, they've broken even in terms of goal differential. They're plus two. They've, they've scored 196 and they've allowed 194. And it's really just the defense, the goaltending, Jonathan Quick, uh, and, and some of the other guys that they have sort of, you know, he was instrumental in that early 2010s quasi dynasty. I don't know if we want to call it that. They won two cups though. Um, quasi dynasty. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Quasi dynasty. Suzerainty uh, perhaps. <laughs> at, at age 36 though, he's sort of, you know, played n- not quite as dominant as he was at that time, uh, but played more like he did back then. Drew Doughty, 
Ante Kopitar, those were also guys that were instrumental in that run, and they've been playing really well for guys in their in their mid thirties, which I can relate to being in my mid thirties not playing really well. Uh, and uh, Adrian Kempe, who is a younger guy, he was I think he was an All Star uh, this year. He's having a good season, twenty eight goals. He's another one of those Cy Young type guys, twenty eight goals, fourteen assists. Ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the their defense. Uh, and I think that they're a team that, you know, I don't know if they're going to give team uh, uh, some of these like dominant teams a lot of trouble uh, in the playoffs. But the good thing for them is based on current standings and like what the playoffs would be right now, if this regular season ended today, they would play Edmonton in the first round of the playoffs. So they would yeah. get to avoid some of the big boys uh, yeah. in, in the, um, in the playoff picture. And there are fewer, just fewer of those dominant teams in the West anyway. Um, but they would get to play against Edmonton, who is sort of the polar opposite of like all offense, really not good defensively. Um, and you mean that, that's like, the in story the, for them forever. You mean that like literally polar, like the very <laughs> extremely cold and high up and in, in altitude. Yes. Latitude. No, their proximity to the North pole uh, is what I was referring to. Um, but yeah, Edmonton, you know, again, they have uh, the best player in the world, arguably the two best players. If you want to go with uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, uh, and and they just are this like crazy top heavy team that has top end talent, particularly scoring talent, and then like not much else, basically nothing else, no goaltending, no defense, and they are you know probably not going to do that well in the playoffs, uh, just like they consistently haven't done well in the playoffs um, in this era, because. I don't think that you can win when you're just basically a two-man team. Like Dreisaitl and McDavid together have scored 84 goals, and the rest of the team as a whole has scored 146 goals. So really those guys together are making than- up a tremendous share of the goals that the team has, uh, ha- has put together as a whole. Uh, and I just don't know if you can win when you have um, – you know, you're so reliant on just two guys uh, to put up your, your numbers and you don't have a good defense. Yeah. It seems, uh, again, like I was just always interested in these teams that like either flop compared to what the previous expectations are like, you know, going like pre before the season, like, you know, it seems like we had kind of expected the Canadians had been not even necessarily favored to make the playoffs necessarily. But then if you looked at like the East, it was like the Islanders very much were favored to actually end up making it. Um, and then you saw, you know, you know, nothing particularly out of the ordinary necessarily um, in many of the other ones, but like this just seemed like an example where like the Kings were definitely not expected and actually seemed pretty competitive. And uh, yeah. Yeah, no. And I think they're like on the other side of that, you know, golden Knights or, Islanders or Canadians coin of like, those are the most disappointing teams. And then you get the teams that are the most pleasantly surprising teams, I guess is the the opposite of that. And the Kings, I would put them in that category. Uh, I maybe put the St. Louis blues in that category as well. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think people, Nashville predators also could be in that. Like people thought that those teams would be pretty good, probably going into the season uh, just because they had been, um, okay uh last year but like okay means like 500 record you know like around a zero goal difference these guys were coin flips to make the 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 playoffs whereas now they're virtual locks yeah and that's really you know that's that's uh something that you like to see even though it has to kind of necessarily come at the expense of other teams that don't do as well as expected but i like the blues um, I got to see them play live at that uh, Islanders game uh, oh, right, a few yeah. weeks ago. And I really like this guy, Jordan Cairo, on uh, the Blues. He's 23 years old. He has 22 goals and 62 points in 61 games. So he's scoring more him. than a point a game. And that's remember impressive. that we talked yeah. about that. That's like sort of a benchmark for like, hey, he, it, this guy's having a really good season, especially as a forward. You have a point a game. Uh, obviously... Colorado and Kale McCarr have a freaking defenseman scoring uh, over a goal a game or a point a game 
whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, you know, usually you, you expect Forge to do that uh, at the top end and to do it at age 23. I just like him. I think he's a guy that was kind of a diamond in the rough uh, over the past, you know, like last year, he didn't play as many minutes. And but you could see on a per minute basis that he was kind of a breakout type of guy. And I like the the looking for those guys that put up really good per minute numbers. And you can kind of tell that if they get more ice time and more responsibility, they're going to take off. Yeah, that's always fun when you see somebody who's like, ah, this I, I like this kid. We're going to keep watching him forever. Yeah, uh, I got my eye on you, Jordan <laughs> Cairo. That's fun. Um, yeah, no, this is a, kind of a good catch up because, again, it seems like a lot of the, like a surprising amount of this is, is somewhat set in stone that I hadn't ex- necessarily expected. If you would have asked me when would the playoffs be functionally settled for half the league, I probably wouldn't have said March. And yet here we kind of stand. Yeah, again, it's like the last month. You know, I don't know what it's going to do to uh, the the jockeying for position, you know, because there are these teams that are, they're still, even though they're in the playoffs, they're still, you know, only separated by certain seeds by, yeah. you know, a point or two. And again, that can really matter in terms of the matchups that you're playing in. I don't think quite as much in the East because, again, I don't think there are any good match like desirable matchups for for anyone in the east honestly every single one of these east playoff teams they look it looks like they're gonna be a tough out yeah yeah they're gonna be a really tough out some are gonna be tougher than others but like do you want to play the capitals in the first round if you're um no uh florida like you want to play Alex Ovechkin? You want to play, you know, like this team yeah. that, that was a Stanley Cup team, uh, you know, relatively recently, at least. Uh, I don't want to play them. So, you know, you do have um, some of these things where it's pick your poison in the East, but then in the West, it's really going to be, I think, later rounds. Maybe Minnesota versus Nashville could be really interesting. Calgary, St. Louis is going to be uh, interesting if, if yeah. that's how it uh, There definitely seems like a few doomed seeds in here. Um, like yeah, he was- I mean, I feel bad for, like, for instance, if the Blues have to go and play uh, Calgary, a team... Again, this could be interesting, though. I was going to say Calgary beat St. Louis 7-1 to on January 24th, but then they turned around and uh, I think it was a home and home and the blues beat Calgary five to one, just three days later and in January and any they play again given on Wednesday, baby. Yeah, no. yeah. Any given Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, they play again on one of, uh, I think in a couple days. So we'll see, uh, you know, what can materialize there, but then there's other ones where it's like Colorado versus Dallas in the first round. Womp Even womp. though Dallas actually leads the season series two to one, I don't know how much stock I would put in that. Uh, but I think Colorado would be heavily favored. I wouldn't put and really, stock in it. I would put a bunch of Dogecoin in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it's all about the crypto uh, right now. Uh, but yeah, the, there are. Um, I think the second round matchups and and beyond in the West are going to be maybe a little more interesting. Where that's you fun. Call the the weaker teams, but uh, just, who knows? Yeah, uh, just actually like. Big picture, you know, it was very convenient and easy to watch hockey playoffs last year because it was a very fun. Like, how has the realignment of the distributors changed that? Like, are, am I going to need to have an ESPN Plus sub? Do you think, or or is this all going to kind of be televised? What do you think? That's a good question as to. I mean, I I would just get an ESPN Plus sub anyway, not just oh, because I'm I just teased you up for. Damn it! All right, uh, <laughs> no, just because like. You know, last year, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode that like I would always get the NHL, um, you know, the TV centerized NHL TV, whatever the app, uh, yeah. like watch the games on my phone type of option. Uh, and they discontinued that because ESPN plus just kind of subsumed it, it like took yeah. it over completely. So now when I watch a like random friggin Colorado Avalanche game on Altitude Network. I'm doing it through ESPN Plus, not through NHL.tv, but it's functionally exactly the same in terms of the you know the way to do it. So uh, yeah, and I, I would be surprised if some of the first round games weren't on ESPN Plus, but I don't really know. Uh, and certainly as it goes further on, you're going to get your TNTs, you're going to get your ESPNs, and mm-hmm. then eventually, I think the finals are on ABC. So you'll at least get well, that over the air. Listen, I mean, Disney 
Plus is now allowing like the Punisher on it. So if they can allow the Punisher on Disney Plus, I'm sure that they can allow a couple of goons uh, <laughs> fighting in playoffs on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, you know we're we're not even uh, driving around in a murder van uh, with a gun strapped to the top, uh, committing vigilante uh, justice. Hey, we're just hey. dropping the gloves it's, with each other. It's not a murder van. It's a manslaughter van. They're very oh, important. I'm sorry. Very yes. important distinction. It's, it's an involuntary manslaughter <laughs> van. Um, anyway, um, well, yeah, I think that kind of hits all the points that we wanted to do this week. Was there anything that you wanted to get in there? Maybe looking forward a little bit over the next one to two weeks uh, that folks should keep an eye out for. Uh, no, I mean, I think the, the best game of the next week, I want to say, uh, or next two weeks is, uh, Penguins versus Avalanche on Saturday. Mm. Also, you got the Canucks and Golden Knights. That one is the one that swings the playoff odds the most. That's next Wednesday. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to see. There's a, actually a few Canucks Golden Knights games. It's funny in the, um, in the 538, uh, interactive that we have, we rate each game on a zero to 100 scale by quality and by importance. So quality is about the ELO ratings of the teams involved. Oh, Yeah. This is a fun feature that y'all do. Right. And importance is about, uh, how it swings the, uh, I think the greater of either a team Stanley cup odds or it's playoff odds. Uh, and, and that can be different for each team depending on how much things will swing, uh, in that way. But most games, especially like, earlier in the season had an importance of near zero or yeah. <laughs> single digits. Like you would get some really good games, really quality games. And yet they would not be that important. But now we're getting into the ones that actually kind of swing the importance. Like for instance, Kings Oilers tonight, probably in, in 30 minutes uh, as, as of right now, you know, we're taping at 9 PM. Uh, I'll be Eastern. quick about getting this one up. So yeah, hypothetically no. people can tune in. No, it's, it's fine. But that, that Kings Oilers game tonight has an importance of 99, meaning it yeah. swings the, the playoff chances uh, tremendously. I, I think probably um, in terms of like the seedings and, and all of that, because like we said, the, um, the Kings and Oilers both have decent chances of making the playoffs, both over seventy-five uh, percent. Um, but yeah, who knows how that will change after this game? So now we're finally getting those those importance games, in addition to the uh, high quality games that are ultimately meaningless. Yes, there's a lot of it's very boom bust here. You see a lot of like <laughs> six, thirteen, nineteen, or nine, and then you see like ninety-nine to fifty. Like, well, what's What's amazing is also as this 99 importance Kings Oilers game is happening uh, tonight, just 30 minutes later, puck will drop on literally the most insignificant game of the entire season. Sharks versus Coyotes, which has a quality of zero, an importance of zero, and therefore an overall rating of zero <laughs> and you can find it on espn plus the yeah right exactly <laughs> it's worth the price of admission alone uh, to get the disney bundle you can watch the punisher and you can watch the sharks coyotes which is really just you're punishing yourself yeah. when you watch that <laughs> you gotta alternate it yeah um so sweet all right that puts us in good position i suppose um that kind of brings us to the end this week that's a really cool feature that that is on this. I know that y'all do that for like NFL games and whatnot, but I didn't realize that it was on this and it's going to be very useful for me for my viewing habits. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And then once we get to the playoffs, it'll be less useful because I think every playoff game has an importance of one. That is true. And the, um, <laughs> the, you can find that by the way at um, github.com slash neilpain538.com. Uh, right. which will redirect to the uh, 538. Yeah, but then after they do that, it's very important. This is actually the most difficult thing to remember of all of it, that you have mm-hmm. to click on the little tab that says games. Ah, balls. I should have put that in the URL. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Click on the tab that says games. Just like one one string of words after that whole spiel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Uh, so, Neil, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at 538. I'm actually writing a lot about baseball and and some basketball recently. Not as much about hockey, but I think on the other side of March Madness, opening day in baseball, we'll get down to this final stretch in hockey. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think these playoffs are going to be really, really exciting and, and different and interesting because I don't think, especially in that Eastern Conference we were talking about, like any result 
would in the first round and from the first round onward, of course, would be even all that surprising. Like some would be more surprising than others, but I think for each of those, you could look at it and be like, yeah, I could see that. And that's very different because hockey, you know, we had a couple of years ago where like teams that were really not even that good would like knock off the, the top team in the first round. And you just be like, wow, this, the, what's the, what was the point of the regular season? What were <laughs> we even doing when you have random teams winning? But here it's like, Hey, one way to solve that problem is to not have any random teams that yeah. make the playoffs. Isn't All that, uh, it's no kind filler, of amazing. Baby. Yeah. Oh, totally. Gary Bettman's taking that, by the way, that tagline, he's, he's stealing it. And you, you know, uh, <laughs> well, Canada is actually, because it was the name of a Sum 41 album, Canada does <laughs> own the rights to that phrase. No, just it, it belongs to the out. Canadians. It with belongs. Any, like, oh, it belongs to the Montreal Canadians. Yes, yes that's right. Yes. Um, that's amazing. Again, like this all assumes that there will be a world left to return to after Duke versus UNC this weekend. Oh, I mean, God. the Carolina Hurricanes might just not exist as an entity, nor will Carolina. Like, well, actually, I I think Coach K will be coaching the Hurricanes during the playoffs. After. <laughs> He'll announce that, uh, you know, whenever they lose, whether it's in the, the final four, the championship or God forbid they win. Uh, but if that does happen, he, he, no matter what, he'll like step away from Duke basketball. But then he'll announce that he's actually coaching the hockey team uh, and, and trying to win the Stanley Cup. Because that's like, you know, bucket list material, obviously. Yeah. You know, what Absolutely. do you get the college coach that has everything else? <laughs> you get them the Stanley Cup. It's like it's like an air bud. Like there's nothing in the rule book that yeah. says a college basketball coach can't coach hockey team. <laughs> And also, there's nothing in the rule book that says a, a dog can't play goalie. So watch yep. out for that also with, with Carolina. Yep. And I am Walt Hickey, and you can find me as a dog playing goalie. Bye. <laughs>